Welcome to the Even the Rocks podcast, where we believe that just like the rocks cry out, proclaiming Jesus as our Savior, our symptoms cry out to help us support our temple. I'm Lindsay. And I am Danielle, and we are your hosts here. We are both nutritional therapy practitioners with a biblical worldview, and within this podcast, we will teach you the way God created our bodies to be innately intelligent. You will be pointed to Jesus and understand how to support your body best. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Even the Rocks podcast. Today's episode is about your diet. You know, in the last few episodes, we talked about different foundations and how the foundational aspects of supporting our body matters. Well, today we are talking about our diet. And before we get started, I want you to know that diet does not mean that you're eating a salad or you're eating chicken and broccoli. Your diet is simply a word that describes everything that you're eating. So whenever we're going through this, whenever we're talking, when you hear the word diet, I don't want you to think about going on a diet or being on a specific, strict list of foods that you can and cannot eat. Your diet is simply everything you put into your body. And so today we're going to talk about how to support your body best based on what you fill your body with. Hey guys. Yes. Um, and like diet, I hate that diet's gotten such a bad rap. I even like get tired of writing the word diet because every time I think about it, I think, Oh, what's the next thing that people are doing or, and it's always about weight loss when we don't need to be losing weight forever and ever and ever and ever and ever or at all for some people. Um, so we're going to talk about how, um, it matters where you source your food. It matters how you prepare your food. It matters um, how to deal with um, eating well or cooking well on a budget. Um, and we're going to talk about like pantry and um, cook, cooking, like I said, cooking tools and your pantry. Yeah, and how you how you can properly prepare your food versus sometimes you can eat you can prepare the same thing and it can be really bad for you um, and not support your body. So. Like you said, where you source your food from. So the first sourcing that I thought of when you said that is where you source your meat from. So when we are looking at beef, the things that you need to look at, you don't need to look for organic. You don't, there's some words that are going to come on your food. That's going to try and trick you. They're going to, they're going to make you spend more money on something that's not really supporting your body the best way that you possibly can. So when we're looking at our meat, when we're looking at beef, we want to look for 100% grass-fed. You don't want to look at organic. You don't want to look for pasture-raised. You know, those words are just kind of tricking you, basically. Natural and fresh Natural. and local. None of those are... Um, local actually means that it can... What's the radius? Do you remember the radius that local means? It's, it's like... like five or something. Yeah, well, it can be, but local can also mean that it's local in your area right now. Like it doesn't even have to, yeah, it can be within five states, but it's not even regulated that much. It's not even like your farmer down the road or the farmer necessarily in your own state or your own area. And this is worldwide. This isn't even like just a United States thing. Yeah. Local does not necessarily mean local. Yeah. So I would look for 100% grass fed because if it is not grass fed, it's going to be full of corn, which is also going to be full of sugar which is going to cause a hormonal imbalance in your cattle, which is going to cause a hormonal balance in your body. So 100% grass fed. Now, when we talk about poultry, when we're talking about chicken or duck or turkey, 
what you want to look for and, and eggs. What you want to look for here is not free range. It's not organic. It's not fresh. It's not all of these words. What you want to look for is pasture raised, not free range, pasture raised, because pasture raised means that it has as much area as it possibly can want to go to. Free range basically just means that it's not in a cage. Now, We've all seen those extremely terrifying and heartbreaking videos of chickens that are like, you know, 20 cages high that they're full of chickens and there's, there's feathers everywhere, right? Being free range basically just means they're in a barn, but they're not in a cage. They're not getting vitamin D. They're not getting nutrients that are going to support their body. And so what we want to look for is food that has a supported body. So getting pasture raised Poultry is also extremely important. So that's where you want to look for pasture raised. Pasture raised in bread meat or cattle means completely the different, a different thing. Um, so for your dairy, I am a huge advocate for find raw dairy. You know, on Facebook, you can look for groups. You can look locally for, you can't buy raw dairy in the store, but you can look for most places have a raw dairy farm where they will where they will give you raw dairy if you go to their their local location and purchase it from their farm. Um, consuming raw dairy is extremely important because of the enzymes that are in dairy. If you claim that you're sensitive to dairy, if you claim that you're lactose intolerant, I would question why do you believe so? Because the way that dairy has been pasteurized actually destroys the enzymes that your body needs to break it down. Again, whole food forms matter. And so whenever you're consuming dairy, you might not be intolerant to it. You might just be intolerant to the fact that your body can't break it down and digest it and properly. I would insert, oh yeah. I would insert too that if you can't find a local place that will sell you raw dairy, Look for a farming company that slow pa pasteurize or slow heat or low heat pasteurizes the the milk right. because what happens is they have to do it and it takes forever to low heat pasteurize. So thus, doing it that way, they can't do mass quantities of milk or of you know of milk or products at the at the same time. They it takes longer. Um, than like, you know, your other brand names or off brand names at the grocery store. So look for low heat pasteurized if you cannot find raw in your area. Yeah. And another thing, if, if money is the issue here and you, you're trying to source your milk, I would always go for whole milk. This is going to give you an excellent amount of fat into your diet and never, no matter what, please do not buy dairy with fortified vitamins and hormones added to it. If it says vitamin D and you think, oh, it has vitamin D, it's super healthy for me. Please, please, please do not buy that milk. It is going to dysregulate all of your hormones. The reason why vitamin D is in that is most likely because it is coming from cattle that were not pasture raised. They are stuck in a barn somewhere. So they were deficient in vitamin D because again, vitamin D is not a vitamin. I honestly do not know why it, 
is called vitamin D. It should be called something else because vitamin tricks people to thinking that it's healthy to take this vitamin. When, when actually vitamin D is a synthetic hormone that disrupts all of the hormones in your body. So please, please do not buy milk if it says a vitamin on it. That's really harming your body. Can you give us um, an example of like a name brand that we should be buying um, when looking at milk, like that maybe across everywhere, at least in the United States? Um, so a, there is a brand it's out of California and I cannot, I can see the picture of it, but what is it called? Is it what the is red? Is it is that, that red? Brand? What is it called? Um, oh, what is that brand name? Is it the red bot, the red carton? Is that what you're talking about? No, it has a picture of a cow and it has cheese down at the corner. Oh, it's, um, organic Valley. Yeah. That's what, yes, that's what we use. So, so stay away from the red box. The red box always has fortified stuff in it. So I actually buy local. I'm in Oklahoma, so it makes a lot of sense that there's a lot of farming around me. Um, I actually am greatly, greatly blessed. I know of three dairy farms within 15 minutes of my house that I can go buy raw dairy from. Um, So if you're in Oklahoma... That is a great benefit to you. Uh, those three farms in Meeker, Oklahoma are extremely beneficial and can support your body. Three in one town. That's awesome. Um, so it's a little bit of ways from my town, but still really good for you. So and again, if you're, if you're like me and don't have a gallbladder or you have been low fat for a very long time, start stair stepping into it. Don't just go yes. immediately into the full fat um, dairy right away because you will have some digestive distress and you might actually have some pain as well. Um, so if you, if you don't have a gallbladder, um, bile salts is a great, um, support for that. Please make sure talk to one of us before you even go buy that or even purchase that to even make sure that's necessary. Um, but also think about stair stepping into it. So if you want to get your raw milk or your whole milk and um, because I actually I started my um, nutritional therapy process last September, like really I still can't get past 2% milk, but I'm stoked that I can drink 2% milk from Organic Valley without gas and without like issues. So it's amazing. That's so exciting. Yeah, I went from skim milk with still like digestive concerns to 2% and 2% used to give me diarrhea immediately. Like I would have diarrhea within 30 minutes of drinking it. So I am stoked that I can even do that. Like today I had some, I had some for lunch. So I was really excited. Um, but stair step, and we don't mean like week one, do this week two, do this. It is very bio-individual. Like I said, it's taken me over almost a year now to even get myself to a point that is safe enough to go up to 2% and actually be okay with it. Like it doesn't hurt me. And dairy does impact people differently. Dairy can be very hard on your gut if you don't do it properly. And so just like every part of our diet that we're going to talk about, it all takes balance. You cannot start on one side of the pendulum and swing to the other side because you're just going to end up back where you were. And so knowing your balance and trusting your body and just listening to what your body's telling you, if you drink milk and you have a reaction to it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't drink that forever. That just means that it's not okay for your body right now. It's not supporting your body. 
it's healthy for my body. It supports my body, but that doesn't mean that it's going to support your body right off the bat. So you have to have, you have to have grace with yourself. You have to trust your body and you have to learn how to listen to your symptoms. That's a huge foundation in both of our businesses is learn to listen to your body and understand what your body is saying. Because I tell this to all my clients, you are the expert here. We might both be experts in nutrition. You, your mechanic down the road is, is an expert in fixing your car, but you are the only on the whole planet. You are the only expert on your body. Your mom was an expert on your body until you were like an older toddler, but that's it. Your doctor isn't an expert on your body. Your nutritionalist is not an expert on your body. You are. We are experts in nutrition and we know a lot about how to support your body, but you know your body better than anybody else. So just give yourself some grace and know that you are an expert. Yes, absolutely. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear the background noise that um, I told my kids to stay out of. So our formal dining room is actually a Lego room. And it's right above me. So, and it's all hardwood. So I'm like, I told them to stay out there and you can hear them stomping. Um, so I apologize for a that. Lego room? Yeah, we have a Lego room. Like it's nothing. How many but Legos room. do you have in this room? How many Legos? It's, it's, you cannot count it. It's almost like the grains of sand on the beach. But it's like, they're all put up on tables and... Like those little um, squ- uh, square tables from Ikea, they have made cities and they've made towns and they've made roads. And- You're going to have to send me a picture of this Lego room. Okay, I will. And then the kids, um, and I'll post it when this episode goes live, I'll post it on, on there too. So you guys, <laughs> you guys can be in the, in the know as well. But the, um, the kids also are very good about, well, my two youngest are really good about um, just building things without, like, just from their brain. Like, my daughter made a Lego unicorn, 3D unicorn with a tail, with a mane, and then it had, like, the mane was coming off the thing, and it had a uh, horn out the top. I'm like, what? Like, I'm wow. sitting there shocked. And then we were talking about Betsy Ross. Like, she was learning about Betsy Ross and creating the, the or sewing the flag or whatever. And she made a Betsy Ross with a dang flag, a circle star flag on her lap. And I was like... Uh, I did not get that genetic coding like somewhere it's in my DNA somewhere just did not it, it has not expressed itself in me. Yeah. <laughs> um anyway back to the diet um sourcing <laughs> Again, um so your cheeses are about the same as dairy look for raw look for grass-fed um that's really good do you have what's an what's another good food to properly source Um, so your vegetables, like your fresh produce. So something with, um, something that I've been doing lately is I actually created a relationship with a local farmer and, um, this fall when it cools down here in the, in Ohio, in the Southwest Ohio area, we are going to go as a family and go help out on the farm because the, this family, it's a young family, very young daughters, like very young, like toddlerish daughters. And it's a husband and wife team. And we have their, we have a cow from them. We have, he comes and brings me the food every week, like every few weeks or whatever. And um, so I would form a relationship with a farmer or someone who is growing, you know, maybe like, I don't know about you, but growing up for me, there were always these roadside stands that had just an honest box. And it was just a farmer would have a little um, table out there and you just threw money in as you went. And it was 
it not only supported that farmer, but it actually supported me and my family. But so thinking about sourcing uh, vegetables, I would do in season, like look out what's in season. And I know I have a, you can look online and Google it, but I've actually created a couple of graphics for um, our area. What is in season each season? Um, it's cheaper to buy what is in season, but it's also healthier. And um, if you have a store like on west of the Mississippi, I think they call it Sprouts. Um, and east of the Mississippi, I think we call it Fresh Time. I think they're owned by the same people. Um, but they have like some of the best sales and they also bring in local farmers produce that can't, you know, that can't get it sold. So that would be a good option. So anything in season, anything as local as you can get would be a great source so that you know that you are getting the same pollen, the same dirt minerals, the same, like everything around you in your body. Um, when you think about ancestrally, you go like I come from a very heavy Native American and German background in my area. So I started thinking, well, what were people eating back then? And it's squash. Like I was thinking about the fall. This was last year. I'm like, oh my gosh, squash, potatoes, pumpkin, um, venison, rabbit, squirrel. Like I started thinking fat and starchy carbs for the wintertime. Then yeah. I started thinking about the summer where I come from in the summer, and it's not so easy for me yet still here in this area where we just recently moved. I'm not as ingrained in what is local here. But growing up, I noticed that. But then in the summer, we had corn for like all the citrus, or not citrus fruits, all of the like tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers and like all those varieties of things. And it was very lean meats. It was chickens. That's when chickens were being butchered. That's when, you know, all of these like ducks, goose, all of that was, would be eaten in the summer. And I'm thinking, I realize that duck and goose are kind of fatty, but I just started thinking like, oh my gosh, fish, oh, fit, local fish. That was the other thing. So eating sustainably locally and what is in season in your historic or historically in season in your area, mm -hmm. um, that is that so that part and then seafood I do not I'll be the first every time I work with a client and they're like well what about fish I'm like oh my gosh I forgot about fish I don't like fish I will oh, I, man. I love all fish oh my gosh I am a fly fisherman and the this fishier taste the better like, oh weird oh yes oh, I yes, can't. yes I no. love it all no so I'm one that will eat raw fish on top of sushi or just um, uh, tartar or whatever it's called. You know, like when you get ahi or when you get tuna that's like with all the Asian seasonings and yeah. stuff on it and it's raw. I like that, but I don't like it cooked very well. So your fish, there is a um, app that if you are an avid fish eater, it is called uh, Seafood Watch. It's an app. It's a free app. You can just download it for free. You click in your zip code. And then and when you hit your zip code, all these places, restaurants and stores will pop up. So you can choose that store or that restaurant and then look in it and see what fish you bought or want to buy or want to order. And it tells you the quality of that fish. What is this brand? What is this app? It's called Seafood Watch. It is a blue app. I'm going to look for it again real quick. It's called Seafood Watch. It's like... um. I don't know, a, what do you call this? It's going to make me hate all my favorite sushi restaurants. 
Um, maybe in Oklahoma, but I know that my fish is flown in fresh where I get it, my stuff from, like nearly every day. Whoops. Um, so that's how I know. That's actually how I know. Like you can say, restaurants will say, oh, we just flew this in. Well, how long ago was it flown in? And how long um, was it frozen? Right. And so my fish, I know, has not been frozen. Um, so Seafood Watch, I will send a link, I'll put a link of it in the show notes here for you too, but it is really helpful to, especially if you're landlocked, like both of us are, we're landlocked and we want to, we don't know. When I go to any coastal state, the only thing I eat is seafood. <laughs> See, and I, uh, I, uh, I will spend, okay. So the way I vacation I will go and stay in a tent in the rain in a hurricane. And then I'm going to go spend $30 on raw oysters every night of the week Whoa. because I'm saving money and not staying in a hotel. <laughs> so when I think of oysters, I think of slime oh, and snot. Yes. And they're enough so of delicious. I have enough mucus in my throat that I don't need the extra. Uh, oysters are the best. And they are so good for you. Oysters are one of the best sources of minerals you can possibly eat. Yep. That's why I oysters. supplement mine with salt. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I slurp my oysters straight from my shell. Uh, yes, they're so good. Um, yeah, when we go on vacation, we, we just went on vacation a road trip, my husband and I, and we stayed, we were gone, I think like 15 days. I think we got a hotel twice. We took a, sh we snuck into a hotel to take shower one day. <laughs> <laughs> and the other two times we took a shower, it was in the hotels that we stayed at. And they weren't even like hotels that was like a KOA cabin, but we consider oh, okay. it a hotel because it's actually a bed and we just sleep on the ground when we're on vacation yeah. so that we can spend more money on food. See, and that's like, that goes back to one of the other episodes this season that we've talked about is like your priorities. Yeah. Like, clearly your priority oh, is food on vacation. Yep. And like a lot of people will just waste their money and okay, this is, this goes to sourcing. Like when you're on vacation, sourcing your food, um, like people will just waste their money on, on the, on hotels. the hotels or getting a fancy car or, you know, whatever it is. Souvenirs. And yeah. Souvenirs that, you know, you don't even know where, Oh, where did I get that from again? Like you don't even remember. You know what I have started. So we do a lot of hiking. Um, I, the, the only souvenir, well, we buy a sticker cause we have this big like metal P in our house for our last name. And we put all of our stickers on that. So that it's something that, you know, we're not just putting a sticker on something random, but like, we know that this is like the one place where we put every place that we've been. And then I have a hiking pole that I put all of my hiking medallions on. And those are the only two souvenirs that I buy from places. It's a couple dollars, which like over time that adds up, but it's not a $25 t-shirt yep. that I'm going to wear, you know, a couple times. And then I'm going to be like, uh, I'm home now. I'm not going to wear that shirt anymore. Right. But granted, I wear, I have about 30 Yellowstone shirts that I rotate through because I'm obsessed with Yellowstone. <laughs> that's, that's your interest. And does Yellowstone really go out of style? I don't think so. No. Not until Jesus comes back and 
does a new earth and all. I'm gonna forever be obsessed with Yellowstone. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. So um, on Yellowstone. That's another write that down. What was we need oh, an episode on Yellowstone? It won't be nutrition based. Well, I can somehow throw some nutrition in there. But we can talk about because people are constantly asking me for resources and like things that I have written about Yellowstone to help them on vacation. So I'm like, I should write a, I should make a podcast on Yellowstone. You know what we should do? We should actually fly me out there with you and we should go take Yellowstone together and record it. Yes. Can we go backpacking? Right off. <laughs> there we go. Live. Live from, well, I guess it wouldn't be live from Yellowstone because there's like no service, but. Yeah, yeah, there's no service. My phone when I lived there was literally just a camera. All it was. Nope. I would be cool with that. So we're going to plan that out. We're going to figure that out. Okay. okay. Um, before <laughs> the bears go or back out of hibernation, that would be great. Yeah. I don't want to necessarily see bears live, but anyway. At least not live. Okay. I was um, so scared of bears. We were about. We were about seven hours away from people. Okay. We were seven hours in, and we came up on the largest black bear I've ever seen. Wait, black bears are in Yellowstone? Yeah, there's black bears and grizzly bears. But this black bear was the size of a grizzly. I mean, he was he was the biggest. He, I, We thought he was a grizzly because yeah. he was a little light-skinned for a black bear, yeah. and then we didn't see a hump. But... I was shocked he wasn't a grizzly because he had that like kind of light, light fur. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was right on our trail. We had just finished eating lunch and we tur- like we had packed everything up and we had turned the corner and he was right there. And that same day, a man was killed by a grizzly bear um, just like 10 miles from us. Oh eating- my God. They only found half of his body. So I was a little freaked out that day. (laughs) I decided I wasn't going to go on any long hikes like that. Yeah. For a while. (laughs) A little little overwhelming. Yeah. Although that sounds fun. It does sound fun. Yeah. Um, Um, (laughs) Way to properly source your food. Back on topic. Properly sourcing food. So also think about, like, I know that some people, let's just say we can't get good quality fish or we can't get good quality chickens or things like that, right? So you can get good quality, like canned meats. Yeah. And I know that this sounds very counterintuitive that we want you to have the freshest of everything. And that we'll say freshest is probably best, which it is. But there are pl- companies like, is it Safe Catch? No. Is it Safe Catch brand? I can't think of the name. Um, Bumblebee is really good. They have really great canned tuna. Well, not even canned, but bagged. Yes, I love that bagged, um, and even some of the flavorings are organic flavorings, quality ingredients yeah. in there for the flavorings. So I remember, one of their one of their flavors is not quality ingredients, but the rest of them are. Okay. I really like Bumblebee because, like, you know, whenever I didn't work at home, I was going to work, and some days I was like, I didn't want to cook lunch, I didn't want to prepare it, I didn't want to take it in my car and then take it in my office and then, like, do all this stuff, and so... Grabbing one of those, you can throw a couple of them in in your purse. You can throw them in your backpack. You can eat those. It's great quality protein. It tastes good. And whenever you don't really want to prepare food when you're in a hurry like that, that's a great way. Now, don't be in a hurry while you're eating it. But in processing, that's a great thing to have. You know, that's another thing that I always take on road trips. 
always take hiking with us is the bumblebee tuna because it's a great protein that's going to support your body. It's organic. It's well, okay. And looking for fish, you want to look for wild caught. Yes. You don't want to look for farm. You want to make sure that they also are not injected with dyes while they're still alive because that will actually make them die quicker and that dye isn't good for you. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that about the uh, wild caught versus um, farmed. And also um, thinking, like I said, oh, so like the canned, the canned meats, as long as they're quality ingredients, totally go for it. There's nothing wrong with canned um canned or bagged uh, and most companies like most places are going to have bpa free now if they're good quality ingredients they're not going to waste those ingredients on terrible quality tin um yeah. they come up in the world basically you know most plate most of the quality companies have come up the, in the world with that um thinking about uh oh this is another we can move into properly prepared as well right so let's think about dry goods a yeah. lot of us get our one okay go on so a lot of us get our beans. So let's think about like a lot of us get our beans from like canned, like canned products. Now this is where I'm like, I weigh the cost versus the time, like the cost of time, um, properly preparing your beans. You typically or should, um, soak them and let them sprout a little bit. However, there, I do have a catch and I need to Google while we're sitting here and while I let you talk for a minute, I need to Google the name of the herb I just bought to help with digestion of beans without having to soak them. So just a minute. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so ahead. what she's talking about in sprouting and soaking your beans is this also goes for your bread. So I'm going to lump breads and wheats into this also. So when you are making things like beans, when you're making things like rice, when you are consuming bread, all of these grains and beans have anti-nutrients. God and they're not anti-nutrients for that plant. God gave us, there is a purpose for every plant on the planet. Now, everything has defense mechanisms. You have defense mechanisms that protect your body. Every plant has defense mechanisms to protect them as well. And so when you're consuming a bean, that bean has been created to protect itself. You're not supposed to eat that bean until it's properly prepared. We're not supposed to eat beans until they have sprouted because they will attack us in our digestive system. That's why people say eat more beans. You're going to, you're going to toot more, right? So the reason why a lot of people assume that they have a gluten intolerance or they get, they get upset when they eat gluten is not necessarily the gluten itself. It might be, but that's very unlikely. The reason most of you might have a gluten intolerance is because that wheat has not been sprouted and it has that anti-nutrient that attacks you. Now, as for rice, it's the same way. When we soak these foods, when they start to sprout, when they, when they crack open, that is when that anti-nutrient has been neutralized. So wheat is not bad for you. Beans are not bad for you. They're not gonna make you toot all night long. Rice is not bad for you. When it is not supportive, is when it hasn't been properly prepared. So, you know, there are all these different beans and grains and rices that you can take, but they all have a soaking like timing that is optimal for supporting and opening up and neutralizing that anti-nutrient. So knowing those things 
is very key to supporting your body. You know, like you said earlier, you are of German descent. I am as well. And I have never really liked the texture of bread. I have always been like a person that I don't, I've never eaten a sandwich or a hamburger because I don't like the texture of it. I don't like that like foamy, like, oh, it just makes me nauseous. I don't eat a lot of textures together. And so I've never really liked bread. I will, whenever I was younger, I would eat like toast if it was hard because it has been, you know, hardened. And then with a little bit of like butter on it with like some cinnamon and sugar, I used to eat that a lot, but I didn't really like bread. When I learned about soaking and sprouting and how important it is to soak and sprout your grains and your beans, I realized maybe I should eat more breads just to see how it helps my digestive system. Another great way to sprout or another great way to prepare your bread is sourdough bread because it started to ferment. And in that fermenting process, it also helps to break down that wheat even more so, so that it is helping and assisting your digestive system. So I personally do not eat anything wheat or gluten related that has not been soaked and sprouted or fermented. So when I started healing my gut, you know, a lot of people say, oh, stay away from gluten if you're healing your gut. I actually added wheat and bread to my diet for the first time really in my life. And my diet actually was supported. And I started digesting my food better when I cut vegetables. I cut all green vegetables out of my diet for like six to eight months. And I added wheat. I added bread into my diet and I was eating just a half a piece of toast every morning. Just, I slowly integrated it into my diet and it transformed my digestive system. So there again, we are all bio-individual and not just because some diet worked for someone else doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. Properly sourcing things and supporting your body, you are the expert here again. Properly sourcing foods is going to completely transform the way that your body digests and processes those foods. Yep. So I got that herb. If you're ready, um, if you are listening, you want to write this down. It's I'm going to butcher it because it is a Yucatan. It's a Yucatan word from Mexico, but it's F or Epazote, E-P-A-Z-O-T-E. And it is literally traditional in Yucatan uh, dishes but it is, it actually reduces the gas associated with beans. Um, now, obviously most people down in the Yucatan Peninsula are going to actually cook their beans and prepare their beans properly because that's part of their heritage and their custom anyway. It's not just gonna come in a can and dump it in the pot and like warm it up or anything. So still prepare your beans properly, but that, and that, so you're gonna know you got the right herb if it smells like WD-40 promise you it smells like wd-40 it's disgusting it grows out in my in my herb garden and like when we got it i looked it up and i'm like oh that's really like that's really helpful we eat a lot of beans in my house and then we smelled it and i'm like oh i cannot believe so i have it dried like it's dried and it's a faint smell of wd-40 but the whole idea is that chemical process together is that it yeah does that extra um but it's interesting you went so again, thinking about our diet, our, our, from where our heritage we come from, I am the same way with textures with bread. I don't like gummy bread. I like crisp bread on the outside where I actually have texture to chew on. 
I don't like, um, even growing up, I didn't grow up on that white bread that most people grew up on. I don't remember what brand right now off the top of my head. The one's got like, my mom got so irritated with me because I did not like bread. So I would never eat sandwiches. Like when she would just cook, like give us sandwiches for lunch, couldn't do it. I would just like, I would just roll up some meat and eat the meat by itself. Yep, that's exactly what I did. And I would even roll it around some cheese. Like, I cut off some cheese and, like, put that anyway. That's, yeah, I don't like those two textures together. Oh, I do. Too much for me. Yep, I do. But, yeah, like, thinking too. Okay, so let's think about the Germanic background of both of us. Liver, pork, yeah. meat, all different forms of meat, seasonal, stick-to-the-ribs types of foods. I thrive when I am like, I cannot thrive on salads. Like I, I don't get me wrong. I like a salad. A good no salad. Can. What was that? No one can thrive on salads. <sighs> don't like, I don't mind a salad every now and then, but I cannot like, I am hungry. No joke. I am hungry. Like an hour and a half, two hours later after a salad. And I don't care how big it is. Do you I know? Can't. And you know what? When you're breaking down salads, your body's producing a gas that's going to expand your stomach. So you want more food. So actually going on a diet and thinking you're eating a diet food by eating salads is actually just prepping your body to want more food. So you spend more money. Yep. It's a joke to spend more money. It is when you could actually just learn how to eat the proper foods for your body, your, you know, like your heritage, your ancestral makeup. And it's, it's, it's no wonder that my favorite foods are the one, like my comfort foods are the pork schnitzel that is fried with lemon and um, some kind of oil. I don't remember what oil, but it's delicious. Like I love it. And I love the spatzel. I love all of those kinds of things. And um, yeah, so properly prepared foods matter, right? Um, also thinking, I was, I was just thinking too, of when we were talking about milk, um, we didn't bring up the other forms of milks and how much of those other forms of milks are not actually those ingredients. It's like, it's like water, almond, and then blah, 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 to preserve. Yep. So if you want, make your own milk. If you want nut milk or you want oat milk or you want something else, like one of my favorite brands is Elmhurst. I love that brand, but also make it yourself. Just throw some nuts in overnight and then you can make your own. But also I don't do well with non-dairy milks either. I thought I did for a while, but it come to find out it was the fact that I wasn't digesting dairy properly. And then I had all these other, anyway. So the least ingredients, the better to source it. Um, This goes back to, I think we talked about this in the fatty acid episode, but why did God, how did God create those nuts? He created them so that we slowly break them open. So we're slowly consuming those nuts. When he made them, it wasn't like it was super easy for us to consume these nuts. We live in this world where we just want everything handed to us. Consuming that many nuts in a drink you're, you're not tasting those nuts. You're not chewing those nuts and they might be broken down, but you're still consuming too much of them. You're not keeping them in your mouth long enough because, because your teeth are a vital part of that digestion. And that's why I am like, when people ask me about smoothies, I don't do a lot of smoothies. 
I don't do a lot of shakes because you have to you have to mechanically break things down to tell to send receptors to the rest of your to to alert receptors throughout the rest of your body. Drinking your calories and drinking things is not going to be beneficial because it's not the the process of digestion isn't going into play there. God didn't want us to drink our calories. He wanted us to chew them and eat them. And honestly, um, I do like, I will honestly, if you follow me on Instagram, um, you know that I every now and then will drink a protein, like literally the highest quality, most studied protein um, company. Um, I will drink that with water and ice and that's it. It is, it is way protein like period. And I will drink it with water and ice. Is that something I should do every day? No. Because I only use it to supplement if I am low on my protein. And, but just the same way, if I don't have quality meats or quality protein sources in my daily diet, if I'm not chewing, if I were to do what some people do um, in the health in- health industry, is that they wake up and they have this like beautiful smoothie and smoothie bowl full of all these things that quite frankly could easily get up to six, seven, 800 calories in one meal, um, for breakfast. And then and it's all sugar. It's all sugar. There is Would you eat a banana and a, and a bowl of blueberries and, and honey and all of this junk for breakfast every morning. No, you wouldn't eat all that. So why do you think you should drink it? Right. And eating, just, all, eating all those fruits would be better for you than drinking it. Yep. Because then you have the fiber and then you have all of the other actual micronutrients not like destroyed and like filled in with other things. But and yeah, the so. Or the mechanical breakdown from your mouth is important there too. Yep. And some people will, will argue and I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there and I'm going to give you my opinion. I know Lindsay's got hers too, but some people will say, we're, we're too opinionated women. Um, but some people will say, oh, the smoothie is great. And it will, you can support your digestion if you just put something crunchy on top. Well, then just eat something crunchy and eat a meal. Like there's no point, like the whole idea behind this, like you're trying to sell me this idea of the smoothie, which means it's fast. And you can drink it. Cool. Okay. I can, I got you. But then when you want to tell me, oh, put something crunchy on there. Now that requires me to have a spoon with me. So your logic here is not working for me. And just because I'm chewing like two bites of something chunky does not mean that it's still inciting that same um, hormone interaction that we need from our chewing for our uh, stomach acid, for our CCK, for our insulin, for our liver, for the bile, all of that. Like, none of that's going to be prepared just for me chewing two crunchy things in the middle. And I'm, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This episode is actually a very long episode when we originally recorded it. So uh, we are chunking this up this time this week. So this is going to be a two part series and we're going to stop this here when we are talking about the, the, the fad of the chewing and that texture and just the reasons why and behind why our body has to do certain mechanisms and why we were born with certain mechanisms. So we're going to stop that there and then we are going to resume that next week. All right, we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can support this podcast by going to coko-fi.com slash even the rocks podcast or find this link in the show notes. This helps to support us continue to make these episodes available to you. If you would like to work with either of us, you can find us on Instagram at even the rocks podcast or email us 
at even the rocks podcast at gmail.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please rate us at five stars and leave us a review. We appreciate you greatly for listening.